uh, uh, a few tributes to my father's stubbornness. Number one, that was a time I remember as a kid. We used to have like these uh like bar stools that we would sit at to like eat at our like dinner counter area. Yeah. Did they have backs? No. Okay. And there was like this stool that was like very skinny, and uh everyone in our family was telling my pops like don't sit on that. It's like very it's like very rickety mm-hmm. and like it's not gonna work. It was like ah psh, it works, it's fine. He sat on it. I want to say within like five minutes of us eating, he just oh <laughs> just, <laughs> just took off backwards. It was just like oh hilarious. So that's number one. Number oh, two, boy. my uh, brother is one of those guys who I uh, used to do the traveling baseball things. So Loser. obviously, so obviously, my father would drive them around, mm-hmm. and uh, during one of their many trips where it was just the two of them, because you know. Everyone else was busy doing other things. We can't just be baseball 24-7. Taco stand, side of the road. My brother, he's like, gets the carnitas or whatever. My father's like, I am the fish. And my brother was like, don't get the fish. Like, look where we are. <laughs> you think this fish is going to be good? So, uh, of course, my father got the fish. <laughs> and then he proceeded to get, like, food poisoning. <laughs> it was oh out, of, out of commission for, like, the weekend. Hilarious. And the last one I'll say, similar situation. My father, which I definitely get from, is um he doesn't want to waste food. Mm-hmm. So one time he got like a dozen donies oh and uh, got some jelly-filled ones, which, you know, we're not too crazy about. I like them more now, but this was a few years ago when I wasn't super into them. Anyways, they like get old and dry and like we throw the whole box in the trash and he comes home one day and he's like, what is, <laughs> what is this? And we were like, please, you know, like they're like, dad, they're bad. No, no one has eaten these donuts for like five days. Oh, yeah, they're almost a week. And they're dry. And like, just just leave it. It's one donut. <laughs> he grabbed the donuts out of the trash, ate the donut, and then got food poisoning again. <laughs> it's just, you know, on the couch, just, oh, <laughs> I don't know about this. Like, what? He was like, what do you think it was? Oh, I don't know. From the trash can donuts. Yeah. You ate out of the trash like a fucking raccoon. Uh-huh. So it was hilarious. And you know, he, he laughs about it. <laughs> and it is funny, but man, it's just like he could save himself uh, a lot of grief if he just uh, you know, maybe just let it go a little bit. Yeah. My dad's like a different vein of stupid. Okay. Love him so much. Uh kind of like a sitcom but, dad. Yeah, he really is just like <laughs> reckless in the stupidest ways and yeah. there's no reason for him to do like 80 percent of the shit he does but he does it anyway mm-hmm. um the, one of the number one things that comes to mind is you know back in the olden days when i was mormon um, i was still a teenager and so i was something that mormons do in our region sometimes Uh, is they'll get together in the summertime and go ice blocking. Oh, God. Which, for people who don't know what ice blocking is, it's where you go to a gas station and you buy a bunch of ice blocks and you bring some towels. Insane. And then you don't even know where this... I mean, you might know. But then you go to a hill, Uh a grassy hill, and then you sit on top of the ice block with the towel so your butt doesn't get wet. And you slide down the hill. Um, 
like sledding. It's summer on a, sledding. On a block of ice. Yep. This is this is some of the most Caucasian thing oh, absolutely. I've heard. But continue. So anyway, I was ice blocking with friends at like a local <laughs> park. I was ice blocking with friends. And I got a call on my phone. And they were like, Kayla, we're taking dad to the hospital. And I said, what? What? How? Why? What happened? Like, did he have a heart attack? What the hell is going on? Yeah. And they were like, no, dad decided to go rollerblading. Yeah, cool and dad. Not, and not tell anyone. Mm-hmm. So he, he went down the street. And my parents live on like a, they live on a hill. Yeah. So it's pretty hilly. Apparently he picked up too much speed and ate shit. <laughs> and then <laughs> flames coming out of the back of the blades. <laughs> he, oh he no. He did not bring his phone. He he fell Perfect. hard, almost broke his wrist, but did end up breaking several ribs. Oof. Um, so he had to <laughs> he had to like, I don't know if he walked back home, but in my mind, I like to imagine he was just painfully roller skating back to the house. Yeah, the, the t- <laughs> one hand on the chest is oh <laughs> with his tail tucked between his legs. Uh-huh. Just telling my mom, hey, I think I need to go to the hospital. <laughs> you could just uh, leave me here, but I think someone should take me somewhere. Oh. Yeah. So Dad, dads are fun. That was like five years ago. Mm-hmm. This man was like late, late 40s. Mm-hmm. Just, oh, no, no business. On, on a whim. No on business a whim. on the blades. No protection. He, he was, he used to be so capable. Yeah. Let me say one more thing real quick, just because I think about it's About my dad or your no, dad? No, about my father. Okay, go we ahead. We can talk about your father more in this episode. That's true. That is so <laughs> oh God, that's true. So, in short, my family, like, we, we don't cuss. We don't use swear words around each other, you know. It's just kind of like my parents instilled that in us. And I, I don't want to, you know. I feel like it would be disrespectful to my parents if uh-huh. I did that. So, um, in moments of, like, being heated. Mm-hmm. They'll use alternative words. And I remember oh, yeah? one time, it was just so funny because, you know, my parents are Mexican. They're from Mexico. They immigrated yeah. over here. So English is their second language. And I mean, they're fantastic at it. They've been living here forever. But mm-hmm. uh, still, every now and then, they get situations where you could tell in this situation, he was struggling to find an alternative word. <laughs> I can't, I can't remember what we were. We were just like in the parking lot of like, a store or a mall or something yeah and this was like 10 years ago something like that okay but uh so you were a teenager no i mean i mean thank you but no i was in my 20s (laughs) i forgot how old you are (laughs) no 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 that's enough Uh, we're talking about my father not me we're talking about my old man this episode okay Uh uh-huh not you as anyways we're just like going and like this guy comes tearing through and like you know, cuts us off, goes over like a speed bump super fast and just like, you know, out of nowhere. And my dad was like, oh, this, uh, this look at look at this bobblehead over here. <laughs> <laughs> and we were just like, what? What? Bobblehead? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. I can imagine your dad saying that so clearly. Yeah. It just, yeah, oh, with that's like so his, cute. With like his accent, like you could tell he was just like, he didn't know what to say. <laughs> and he was bobblehead. upset. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's good stuff.
happy belated Father's Day to all those show-dependent fathers out there. You know, our fathers, the fathers of our friends, maybe any uh, listeners out there who are fathers. Hopefully there's at least a couple of you. I don't know. Maybe. But right now you may be thinking on this um, Thursday after Father's Day, what am I listening to right now? What what did my maybe your kids convince you to give it a listen? Maybe your buds. Maybe we did. Either way, we'd like to welcome you back to a Father's Day edition of the Show Dependent Podcast. What is this podcast, you ask? Well, it's a podcast that talks about the relationships in the media we love and our relationship with those things, exploring our codependent tendencies with these things we love, how they shaped us into who we are today, much like a father does. Oh, God. And whether or not that relationship has changed. Mm-hmm. Now, today, I don't think there could be anything better. At least... I mean, there have been a lot of great dads that I've seen in media and all Mm -hmm. that, but this movie right here came out 2021. It's called The Mitchells versus the Machines, and it it very heavily deals with families, but more importantly, more specifically, the uh, father-daughter relationship that is prominent in many families and the strain that a lot of uh, a lot of these women in our lives have with their fathers. Uh, I'm not foreshadowing anything at all. I'm already starting to disassociate. (laughs) It's going to be a good one. For my half, a non-daughter in this uh, episode, you know, I am a son to a father, but uh, the father and the son in this film have a pretty good relationship. So I'm just going to say that my name is Eddie. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Eddie. What up? And hey. That uh, that strained voice over there. You can you can uh, you can tell through the audio is wistfully looking off screen. I am. I'm looking at Buddy like scraping bug guts off the window from where I killed that fly, <laughs> and I never wiped it oh, up. Oh god! Now he's just like sniffing it and pawing at it. I think he's trying to lick it off. Fantastic. Anyway, my name is Kayla. Hi guys. Hey, how's it going? Hi. How are you feeling today? How are you feeling about all this? You know, Father's Day. Uh, I don't know how. How much, a lot, or a little you want to say about all of this. Or you can save a lot for your therapist, but uh, (laughs) how are you feeling? I don't have health insurance anymore, so I don't know. (laughs) I don't have a therapist anymore. Oh, God. Uh, Oh, God. My Father's Day was (laughs) kind of lacking father, which was weird. Yeah, we went over to my brother's house. My dad had to work on Father's Day, so we didn't get <laughs> off until like God. 7 p.m. Capitalism got his ass on like so the we, one day yeah. that capitalism yeah. allows fathers God, to shine. His, his said, job nice does try. that to him so frequently. Yeah. But I like well, barely, I barely talked to my dad yesterday. Fantastic. Well, I did get to watch him have fun on a go-kart, which was exciting. So that was nice. But Highlight of the Father's was, Day. That was honestly it. Well, there you go. For me, my Father's Day, very typical. Mostly just a little bit of comedes, hanging out, got him a little gift, the classic Father's Day toolbox. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, pretty standard stuff. And who helped pick that out? Oh, just uh, Kayla over here. And whose idea was it? Oh, just Kayla's over here. Yeah, I'm, I love giving gifts. Not a, Unless not it's a... to my dad, because <laughs> he hates receiving gifts. Oh, man. Not well, that he doesn't like presents, it's just like he just he wants them like to anything. arrive, and he doesn't want anyone to give yeah. them to him. He bought himself golf clubs this year for go. Father's Day, like two months ago. 
As a dad does. <laughs> yep. I guess we should get started on this one. Let me yeah, say a little bit more the about the Mitchells versus the Machines. Mm-hmm. It came out in 2021, as I said. It was supposed to come out in 2020 under mm-hmm. a different name, which I think is far inferior. It's supposed to originally be called Connected, which I get what they were going from, but it, it lacks charm. It lacks individuality. It's very gene- generic. Yeah, and COVID, one good thing, saved us from that title because... uh. When COVID hit, this movie was delayed, got sold to a different company from Sony to Netflix, and uh, Netflix released it online. 2021, The Mitchells versus The Machines, and woo! Uh, banger. My God. It's a bit of a banger. Oh, absolutely. It's out on Netflix right now, so anyone who's listening, if you haven't seen it, you definitely should go see it. And uh, mm-hmm. I guess I'll speak, for, <laughs> I'll speak for Kayla right now. Yeah, go ahead. If you are a... Um, a person who has a strained relationship with your father, you're going to feel a lot of things from this one. We had to pause this movie because yeah. I got so upset. And I'd <laughs> seen it before and I was just like, nope, yeah. I need a break. I got to walk away for a minute. Speaking about seeing it before, why don't we get to the first time we saw it with our meet cute. It's a meet cute baby. It's how we met this thing. <laughs> we saw this movie in the, uh, in the midst of the pandemic so we saw it together like i said came out 2021 this is firmly for us in the united states when we were supposed to be quarantining and staying inside and all that and uh well not a lot of people did that but a lot of us did and so we didn't have a lot going on saw this movie come out i could say right here it is made by um lord and miller that team of like writers creators that uh they did like the Lego movie, Into the Spider-Verse, Across the Spider-Verse, and uh, The Mitchells and the Machines. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, it was kind of like an instant like, woo, this is something yeah. nice. You this know, is cause, spicy. Because it came out two years after Into the Spider-Verse. And mm-hmm. that movie, many people, many people, yeah, many people have said it before. I'm not going to be uh, saying anything unique here, but I will reiterate that I truly believe that that film has been groundbreaking, revolutionary for like animation as a whole. From oh, people yeah. getting away from the photorealistic, trying to look as real as possible, and now just mm-hmm. going into like full on, like art. stylized yeah. art moving on screen. I mean, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Jeez. You know, it, it wouldn't have been that amazing if. Spider-Verse didn't come out. Damn straight. But anyways, the movie, instant hit, very funny, animation is outstanding, and the story, I mean, breaks your heart, broke my heart. Obviously, I'll let Kayla talk about her impact or the impact it had on her, Mm -hmm. but for me, you know, I love a good story about family. I'm an emotional guy, and I felt it, so. Yeah. And we got to, when did we watch this? We watched it in your bedroom, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, damn, that hurt. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. Owie. Mm-hmm. That was me. Hold on. But yeah, it's seriously like a gorgeous. It's overwhelming, but mm-hmm. like in the sense that like it's definitely like great for ADHD brains because there's like oh, yeah. so much shit going on all the time. Mm-hmm. Um and it's so colorful and vibrant and just it's quirky. Flash on into the animation here Oosh. with our uh next section. Getting to know each other. 
getting to know each other. We can get to know this movie much like the uh, father-daughter get to know each other here in this film, huh? Painfully. Should always start with the art style here, the animation, like we already begun begun to say. I'm going to leave that sentence. I'm going to leave that sentence like that. I mean, <laughs> let's face it. Yeah. It's 100% by the same people who made Into the Spider-Verse, and you can instantly tell. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very much like, comic books slash like scrapbooks slash like youtube meme culture just like youtube, YouTube pooping poop. it yeah <laughs> it's just it's fully immersed in that and i think it does it does an amazing job at it mm-hmm. like you'll have the animation it's 3d animated but also at the same time like like memes will pop up yeah you know they'll do cutaway gags it's very much like of the time Mm-hmm. which is it'll be interesting to see how this movie ages yeah because so much of the referential like humor mm-hmm. is going to become outdated yeah. so quickly but i mean it's still you know the message is still going to continue oh, yeah. but the actual things that are referenced like there's a song that they they sing in the movie that's like yeah. from the main character's like childhood. And that mm. movie is like 20 years old now. So. <laughs> that movie. I meant the song. Yeah. The song is- but I mean, it was the remix. Yeah, that's it's true. The, but it was the meme, the Maya. Maya. Yeah. <laughs> but then they their version is the remix with like a well, the song that sampled it. Yeah. Like live your life. Hey. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. But. I'll reiterate, this whole animation team or whatever they got going on, they're revolutionizing animation. Mm -hmm. And man, it's just a very funny movie. We'll talk more about the bits and all that while we sort of get through it, I think. Yeah. But uh, like you already said, you said the word quirky and oh, she quirky. Mm -hmm. Not only her, but the whole family is quirky in this one. I don't even remember the lead character's name. Well, why don't I pull it up for you? That'd be helpful. I don't really know everybody's name. The Mitchells? Yeah, I just know the mom, mom, dad, brother, sister. That's it. Let me tell you who we got. Okay. The Mitchells are Katie, who's our main character. She's the daughter. Rick, he's the father. Linda is the mother. And Aaron is their little boy, the son. And they also have a dog. (laughs) Manchi. Yeah, Monchi. It was like a uh, ugly he's little, a yeah, ugly little ball of a dog. But obviously, mm-hmm. since he's a cartoon dog, he's very funny. He is funny. And other he's than that, we've stupid. got you know we've got some supporting cast of some robots who are very funny. Uh, Eric mm-hmm. Andre is like the guy who messes up and uh, technology. Obviously, we got versus the machines. So mm-hmm. there's robots out here trying to take over the world. Oh, there's robots up in this piece. Mm-hmm. And I'm afraid. But, I mean, let, let's not waste any more time on this. This film mm-hmm. is all about family. Yeah. And sort of like just that classic tale of, like, the father who hasn't really adapted to the times. Yeah. Of all this technology around. You know, he comes in from work. He kind of only talks about, like, 
the outdoors and the three things that he knows. <laughs> yeah. And like he does the thing where he wants everyone to put their phones down and just like look at each other for like mm-hmm. 10 seconds and oh, talk God. to each other. And uh... it is like the most awkward thing ever. Yeah, no. So it's it's kind of right off the bat, it's about like family and like the balance of family time versus technology time. Yeah, like it's, yeah, I think that it's really kind of trying to process the change that our generation has gone through. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, I definitely think that Katie is part of Gen Z. I would not call her a millennial. No, 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 no. But she, you know, she is part of the first generation that has been completely raised dependent on tech, mm-hmm. having that be a daily part of her life. And um, yeah, it's definitely kind of reassessing what space we have made, especially in American culture, in our lives for like those quote unquote traditional family values. Mm-hmm. And, like, sitting down at the dinner table and talking to each other. And, like, <laughs> yeah. what the what the fuck does that look like when you really don't need to do that anymore? Mm-hmm. Because you have access to the entire world at all times. Yeah. And, I mean, it's definitely that whole, uh, what was it, iPad kid type thing? Oh, God, yeah. We're like, which fucking drives me nuts. I hate that shit. We really got it. And I, and I think I'm seeing, you know, I'm hearing a lot of rumblings. I don't know. I'm not super connected to everything. But from what I can tell, there's kind of like a growing pushback from like the new generation to sort of yeah. like be a little more less on technology and a little more in the moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at you. Yeah. I know that a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. That it's was because, it's because of also. Yeah. But it's also kind of like attached to like anti-cringe culture because a lot of I think yeah. young kids are starting to view like being an ipad kid is super cringe yeah which it is yeah <laughs> so i'm happy to see that a lot of you know these younger generations are like which is also a meme mm-hmm. but it's like let's go let's go get uh cassettes and let's have mm-hmm. the old flip phone that doesn't have social media on it and let me be disconnected as you said yeah it's definitely interesting but katie her like life's passion is film Mm-hmm. And she loves, she was obviously a part of like early YouTube. Oh, and yeah. And kind of getting in, she got her foot in the door pretty early. And it seems like she's been pretty successful with her little short films. I mean, they're very weird. Oh, yeah. They're very weird, but they're very, I mean, she she's a memer through and through. She's out mm-hmm. there at the meme mines, just miming fucking, you know, fucking Pepe's back in the day. And... No, before they were appropriated <laughs> before, by yeah. white supremacists. <laughs> but all these like rare Pepe's and she's just over mm-hmm. here fucking memeing it up and she was definitely on Newgrounds and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Fucking 4chan in the early days. Oh yeah. Early Reddit. She was she was there 110%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's her passion. It, it, apparently it's successful enough because from what I could tell, I feel like she got into like her like art school based off her videos and stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's I really the way don't it felt. know. I don't, yeah, it seemed like she spend made too a, much time on it. She made a min, uh, mini like she made a film anthology kind of series with mm-hmm. her dog. That's yes. like the star. <laughs> I think it's called like Dog Dog Cop. Yeah, Dog Cop Three. Sarge and that oh god we'll get into that relationship uh-huh. um but it's really interesting because 
Yeah, she's just super good at it. And Mm -hmm. her dad seems very resistant. Yeah. Meanwhile, her mom's just like, yeah, girl, go for it. Like the the lack of technology um, intelligence, Mm. the lack of technological intelligence is kind of an extended metaphor for a lack of emotional intelligence. Mm. Her dad, you know, obviously has feelings and feels a lot of things, but he can't articulate exactly why he's feeling these mm-hmm. things and um why he is scared and mm-hmm. nervous for his daughter to take this leap of faith true, and true. pursue her dream. Mm-hmm. That reminds me a lot about uh, another father that oh. we've talked about. Who yeah, Flynn. Does a, <laughs> does a lot of fishing metaphors. Yeah, exactly. Because he can't talk about his emotions. No. And I think this all ultimately speaks to like, Toxic masculinity. Exactly. Yeah. And the fact that the fathers are often portrayed and very much IRL as being like unable to communicate their emotions with their family Mm -hmm. because it's the toxic masculinity thing of like, well, I was brought up and my father never talked about this, so I shouldn't either. And I Mm -hmm. need to be strong and bottle everything up and never let my kids see that I'm weak or see that I'm not perfect and all that. Mm-hmm. And so he just he just doesn't know how to communicate the simple thing of like, hey, I don't really understand what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. And then he could just maybe, if he would have been able to early on, say, hey, can you teach me about it? Mm-hmm. But then again, he doesn't want to be seen as like dumb. Inadequate. Or mm-hmm. inadequate. Yeah. Yeah. It's also, yeah, it's kind of like going back into that toxic masculinity thing of being like, well, if I ask for help, I'm weak. And uh-huh. if I don't understand something outright, then that makes me unintelligent. And if I'm unintelligent, then I can't, you know, be mm-hmm. a good man because I'm, you know, inadequate in some way, mm-hmm. which is like the exact opposite of what good men should be. Oh, absolutely. I'm definitely um, good people in general, I should say. Oh, for sure. I definitely had that problem when I was younger. I didn't want to like ask for help or anything, you know. Definitely, I think, because I didn't want to look stupid, mm-hmm. you know? So the, so then I did the more stupid thing, which would just be, like, fail classes because I didn't know what I was doing. Yep. So, you know, that's that whole toxic aspect of it. Yeah. It's pretty sad. It is sad. It, it very quickly... It got. It, they it's, said, "Oh, we are going to unearth these issues rapidly, right?" And you're going to cry within the first twenty minutes of this film, and yeah. you're, yeah. Ugh. Because it's like the very first scene. They're at the dinner table. Katie shows a video she made. The dad's like, essentially blows it off. Whatever isn't really paying attention. Not it's, only that, can we like provide a little bit of context? Sure. This is the last night before she's about to leave for college. True, true, true. So the stakes are higher, even though they maybe don't seem that they are. Yeah. And uh, she's like, well, you're not watching, so whatever. Then, of course, now realizing, he's like, no, I want to see it. And they do that classic, like, one of you just needs to give in. Yeah. You both can't win this. But uh, ends up breaking her laptop. Doesn't go well. She, of course, hits someone like the angsty. And we'll get to it, because I definitely have felt this in my life. And I feel like a lot of people, you know, through your growing up process is that sort of like you're just angsty and you just want to be on your own and you want to be seen as an adult and your parents aren't allowing you to be an adult in your eyes so you just sort of like resent them 
Mm-hmm. And then you say like the most painful thing you could possibly say in the heat of the moment. And she's just like, you know, this is exactly why I'm moving away for college. Essentially saying like, I just can't fucking stand being here. You know, I need to like not be around you guys, which is obviously rough for the mom to hear. And she hits, um, she hits the dad, Rick with like the great line. I'm just going to paraphrase, but I mean, the mom and the son are fantastic in this, I got to say, because they're like they're like the bridging point yeah. between the. It's funny because they act as like each other's like tag team partner. Yeah. Uh, trying to get Katie and Rick. <laughs> right. Their relationship back at least to a place where it can function. Right. Yeah. Because they have a great relationship and they obviously have great relationships with both of them. So they like, yeah, like you said, there's many moments where they actively like. Oh, did mom tell you to say this? Yeah. <laughs> this or that. <laughs> yeah, she did. Uh-huh. But the mom comes in, sees Rick upset. He's like, I don't know how to talk to her. And she's like, listen, you're a guy who fixes things. You can fix anything. But like right now, this family is broken. And like if she goes off to college and never comes back, like this is something we can't fix. So it's like right away, you're just, oh, fuck. Why is this animated movie <laughs> being hitting me so hard? <laughs> With these like real life lessons, yeah. So those are the stakes, and the uh, Rick ultimately it works out, but maybe not the best choice. He decides the way I'm going to fix it is to force my family into a road trip. Again, it's <laughs> like the fucking Goofy movie all over again. Oh, oh. yeah. Mm-hmm. Cancel the with plane dads? ticket. Oh you're, my god! You're going to be forced to spend time with me because we're going to figure this out. Not, a, not you don't always have to take it to like the the ultimatum essentially but uh oh my god i would be so fucking pissed <laughs> she was so excited yeah she was gonna go to a mixer she was gonna get to meet all these friends she's been talking to online that are going mm-hmm. to the same school as maybe her. a little love interest yeah there's a, a girl crush. named jade i think that she's like mm-hmm. falling for and mm-hmm. i would be so fucking livid yeah, would you maybe be traumatized? Yeah, I think I would. Well, let's get into that trauma here. Because <laughs> the night before... Maybe I should be drinking during he reveals, The night before he reveals this road trip. In <laughs> classic sad dad, pull and tug at your heartstring fashion, he goes into the living room like late at night by himself, throws in the VHS... And watches some home videos of Katie when she's a little girl. And man, oh man, does it does it get the tears well enough? Already was crying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <clears throat> it's just sad because it's it speaks to <sighs> parents and their offspring, their kids, and sort of like I think it is the it's hard for parents to see you as not their little baby. Mm-hmm. It's very hard for them to like get to the point where they accept that you're growing up. Mm-hmm. And obviously the thing that they're most going to remember is when you had that like sweet, innocent, like relationship where for Rick in this movie. And I think for a lot of fathers where they were like, you were like their hero, you know? <laughs> So it's very hard to see Rick. How are we gonna do this? <laughs> I don't know. Just, just 
you know, you can do it. You can get through it. What What do you need to say? Ugh, it's so sad. Yes. Why? Take it a bit at a time. You got this. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so sad because I relate so much to Katie in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Because when I was little, I was like a total daddy's girl. And it mm. seems like Katie was very much in the same type of situation. Like her dad was like her best friend. Mm-hmm. And not that your parents should ever be your best friend, but like No, 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 yeah. They're your first friend. Yeah. Um, or you know, if you're lucky enough, that's the case. Um But it's just so sad watching like the flashbacks of like how happy they were together. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, the carefree kind of, like, joy that they got to share. Yeah. And then you slowly watch her age. Mm-hmm. And then there's kind of, like, an abrupt cut to, like, well, now this is right. where we're at when we used to be so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's and that's what I think he says, like, at the sink. He was like, I used to be able to, like, solve all these problems and be able to, like, do everything. And now, like, it's just nothing. Like, I can't do anything right. Mm-hmm. And he 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 does the question of like how did we get here? What happened? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of just like you know it's kind of the natural process, which yeah. which is rough. I think it's kind of like because I think even when and obviously I can't speak to every person's experience, but I feel like every teenager has the classic moment where they're just like God, I just want to like they think they have it figured out, mm-hmm. you know, and everyone feels that a little too early. Yeah. So then you kind of start to resent your parents, even though, even when your relationships are still great, you're still kind of like, God, I like, I, I can, I can do this by myself. I don't need your mm-hmm. help, you know. But yeah, for Rick and Katie, it's just a tough situation to where it's that it was that technological disconnect, I think, to where she got into the memes and she got into YouTube and all that, whereas he's. 100% like the mountain man and lo- loves the classic like I work with my hands and I love face-to-face relationships and I don't understand technology and I'm not going to try to either mm-hmm. and like that's that's the problem you know they both I guess don't try enough to connect with the other person yeah which I guess is where the connected title came from right yeah definitely yeah oh god <laughs> what, is, what is it it's just so sad and the idea of just like, I guess that's like what you sign up for when you decide to be a parent, though. Yeah. Is like you, you know, you you hope and you pray that your kid does get to grow up. Mm-hmm. Um, but God, that must be such a like traumatic thing because it does happen quickly. Mm-hmm. Like you and I both know, like because we've worked with kids for so long, mm-hmm. they do grow up very fast like even in a span of the year like you can see like physically they grow but like mentally and their little personalities just start really solidifying and yeah yeah it's pretty crazy also i have to i have to interject here and say it's very funny that we're talking about like these very emotional things and maybe they can hear it on the recording but like the ice cream truck was outside (laughs) (laughs) it was like us talking about like Ah, uh, like what? What is family and like trauma and all that? And just ding, 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 ding. <laughs> just kids having the time of their lives out there, delicious ice cream treats. To get back into it, I think 
it yeah. speaks a lot to what Linda says to Rick. And it's like, I, I think the ultimate goal that a lot of people, unfortunately, um, are struggling with nowadays is the whole, like, as a parent, you should want your adult kids to want to hang around with you, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and to still see you. Because the reason I say unfortunately, I think in modern America with this terrible polarizing like divide that we have in beliefs and yeah this fucking culture war that a lot of it has to do with like generational mm-hmm. misunderstandings yeah is I, I think a lot of these old people they're they're really making the mistake of like your kids aren't gonna want to see you <laughs> yeah and you, you got no one to blame but yourself yeah so it... this movie definitely shows like someone who wants to repair that relationship versus mm-hmm. just diving di- diving further into their fucking just like radical beliefs and yeah. like just not taking the time to be like, oh, let me take a step back because now my kids don't want to be around me. Maybe I should stop it with all this shit. Yeah. And that's the hard thing like with me personally is like my dad is not you know in that extremist mindset but there are still things that we butt heads on Mm -hmm. so it's it can be really contentious for me sometimes because i know that he's a very logical and intelligent person Uh but the fact that he doesn't agree with me on some things is really hard yeah and so i just try to like avoid those subjects as a whole because it's easier to just try not to have those conversations then because what what i did as a teenager and early into my 20s is like i would fight like i would get in loud conversations about Mm -hmm. things that i believe my dad was wrong about yeah and now that i'm older it's just not worth my energy Mm -hmm. so i just kind of breathe through it and if it gets really bad i leave the room mm-hmm. but yeah i totally um i totally understand where linda is coming from with that we can't fix that thing yeah because that is something that i feel like a lot of parents from you know generation x or you know the boomer, boomer generation um they don't realize the damage they're doing because Mm -hmm. to them trauma was for the most part not something they thought about through an emotional lens it was Mm -hmm. mostly just physical like you should only have trauma if you've been to war or (laughs) been physically abused but now like more what we know about the mind and you know human psychology as a whole is Mm -hmm. trauma is so much more than just those the physical you know the physical and severe events that, you know, we mm-hmm. see in in movies and things like that and how everybody's brain is pre-programmed to interpret things within a certain way. So mm-hmm. what's traumatic for you might not be traumatic for the next person. And you can interpret events very differently. Right. So when you tell, you know, somebody of an older generation that they've hurt you, Mm-hmm. They legitimately, some of them will never, ever be able to mm-hmm. understand that. Um, they'll say like, "Well, I never hit you, so what's the problem?" Yeah, it's like yeah, and, it's not the. So you're missing the point completely, yeah. then. And my dad's hit me with that line 
yeah. well i've never i like i never put hands on you like i don't know what i did wrong mm-hmm. but it's like god you could it's write tough. a book <laughs> and that's and that's hey, you the can make really, a movie. and that is why <laughs> that's true and that is why i think so many people from our generation and gen z are just not willing to sign up to be parents because it is mm-hmm. a really insane thing that you're signing yourself up for. Oh, yeah. Cause it's already hard enough to be responsible for yourself as an individual, mm-hmm. but to like try to do your best to not fuck up a little person <laughs> yeah. from the jump is it's borderline impossible. Uh huh. Sometimes yeah. you do your best and it still kind of doesn't turn out the way. Yeah. You want. And that's exactly like, like, and that's exactly what we see in this movie is like, these parents are genuinely trying their best, uh-huh. but you have no idea of knowing whether or not your best, best will be will be good enough for mm-hmm. that person. And that's why you need to open up communication. You know, you need to have that openness to be able to say, like, "Hey, I messed up. Can we talk about it?" You the know? best thing I think that as an adult or as a person you can do is learn how to apologize. Oh, yeah. Learn how to apologize and be willing to admit it and be willing to be open to understanding what you could have done better. And like, especially in something that I've tried to, you know, as a as an educator with small humans, I apologize to them all the time because I know that for you and me, that was probably something that never happened. With us growing up, parents, teachers, you know, we were allowed to kind of get mistreated or, you know, talked over or Mm -hmm. blatantly gaslit quite a lot. But now we understand, like, oh, being on the receiving end of that is shitty. Uh And if I make a mistake or I mess up, I'll be the first one to call it out, especially in front of a young kid. Because I want, because it's like what we see with Rick. Making mistakes isn't bad. Not learning from them is mm. what causes the problem. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, <sighs> I mean, this this is a very fun movie that we're not having a lot of fun <laughs> talking about right now. Sorry. So we should talk a little bit about some uh, exciting, funny things that they have real quick to take a break from the trauma. Because, yes, does this movie deal with heavy topics? Of course. But in the way that I think that... Uh, you know, storytellers can expertly do when they're killing it, knocking it out of the park, because they can confront these heavy topics, but also make it such a fun movie mm-hmm. while this is happening. Talk a little bit about the uh, the versus the machines part here. Obviously, oh God, the Mitchells. Yeah. How do they end up this quirky little family of a bunch of weirdos? I mean, the the son has a bit of the tism oh not more than a touch he's got like a solid dollop of autism is the classic tism where he loves dinosaurs, dinosaurs. knows all about them there's <laughs> there's a part early on where they go to like a dinosaur land he's like running through and he's like i gotta speak to the manager because none of this is correct you know like this is, <laughs> like, this is not right it's so like that, a brontosaurus with like a vaguely human face and yeah. it's just like oh my oh, god Lord. obviously we talked about katie she's very much like she's all caps quirky. Mm-hmm. She's a meme. Uh, very fun. Has fun with her mom. Has fun with her uh, dog. With her brother. They all like get along very well. Linda's like a. Uh, she's a teacher. She's a first yeah, grade teacher. Is it first grade or second grade? It's first grade. I feel like it's second grade. It's first grade. Okay. 
Why, why are we arguing about this right now? <laughs> what, what what point? What, what does it, it help? It, it doesn't. Ma- it doesn't matter. Uh-huh. Doesn't matter. Uh huh. Well, apparently it does. But now I'm looking because <laughs> apparently we just can't let it go. <laughs> it has to be right. I don't want to spread misinformation. Oh, Linda Mitchell. She's voiced by Maya Rudolph. She's a first grade teacher. Dang, I was wrong. You were right. Thank you. Okay. Anyways. She loves handing out gold stars, literally. Yeah, she's she's full teacher mode. She hands out gold stars to her family. She's Ooh. all about like trying to understand everyone and be that bridge. But also, she has the problem where she's trying to keep up with the Joneses. No. Trying to put up appearances and be like the she, you know, she's taking the pictures, putting them on the gram, putting them on the socials, trying to mm-hmm. be sort of like better with their like perfect neighbors because yeah. she realizes, hey, my family's a little quirky. Yeah, they're they're a bunch of weirdos. Let's be and honest. obviously Rick Mitchell, he's the uh, mountain man, doesn't understand his family, only wants to work with his hands. He he gave everyone like a specific like screwdriver oh that God. comes in clutch later, but he like. He expects them all to have them on them at all times. At all times. And to his credit, they do. But he's like, you know, like the doomsday prepper, like we need the plan mm-hmm. <laughs> and we need to be able to trap and all this stuff. Yeah, he's a little crazy. Mm-hmm. So as you can imagine, very fun stuff happens. Let me finish the summary by saying the versus the machines part is that Eric Andre plays like the tech guy who uh, goes too far. He mm-hmm. discards his phone after saying he loves his phone and like the AI in it is like, oh, you love me. And he makes like fucking AI bots who his phone AI takes over because it's yeah. like all connected. It's called PAL. And Pal. Uh, they do the classic thing of like, we don't need humans because all they do is like not care about anything. They're stuck to their technology. They do the classic joke of like, let me turn off the Wi-Fi and then the world goes to shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's where that whole part comes because Katie's family is the only family in the world yep. that uh, doesn't get caught. And abducted. Mm-hmm. They were, they're going to get sent to the moon. Yeah. That's not good. And they're helped along the way by two AI bots who malfunction. They're voiced by uh, Beck Bennett and Fred Armisen, mm-hmm. two SNL guys. They're very funny because they like, on the one hand, their malfunction is that they have to help them if they ask yeah. them, but they also like know that they're doing something wrong. You're like, <laughs> I, I'm evil, but okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> they're like, hey, how do we? Uh, how do we? destroy everything it's like oh you could use this kill code it's like right down the street you can do that hey but don't listen to me all right <laughs> <laughs> so it's yeah, a they're, fun they're time very fun. they also can like fly and shoot lasers and are very intimidating mm-hmm. they have like anti-gravity beams which is scary mm-hmm. uh yeah it's so, it's not good yeah it becomes the quest of the mitchells trying to get the kill code and shut down all of like the technology on Earth. Yeah. Goodbye, pal. Uh-huh. Everything with the pal microchip. What What would you say are your like favorite funny moments before we get back into the sads? Uh, I really like the giant Furby in like what <laughs> is supposed to be, I think, the Mall of America. Yeah, yeah. That thing is terrifying. It was and bloodthirsty, but yeah, also hilarious. It talks very dramatically. 
Mm-hmm. Like when it gets taken out, it's like, oh, back into the darkness I go <laughs> or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. <laughs> or the sweet relief of death. Yeah. Like, something <laughs> intense. God. Uh-huh. It was very funny speaking to that because like anything, it's the joke again. Everything has a computer in it. Which so is at, very true. That's very true. They're at this mall and like the Roombas are coming after them. <laughs> But then they encounter an escalator and they all just like fall over and die. Amazing. That's a very good time. I definitely love because their dog Manchi is like this ball of just like flab and is mm-hmm. ridiculous and incapable of like anything. Yep. But Especially uh, keeping its eyes forward. <laughs> yeah. But the robots, because they're like ai bots who can like scan things and search them up instantly when they see manchi they're like dog pig dog pig dog pig and they go back and forth until they all eventually say loaf of bread and then they explode (laughs) (laughs) which i which was like never not funny to me despite them doing it 50 times in the film yeah they did it quite a lot it ends up being very important it's a it's a pivotal moment yeah but it's just like god it was always so funny and the way they the the two like bots, which I can't remember what their names are. Let me look it up real quick. The Fred Armisen and Beck Bennett bot. They were called Deborah Bot and Eric. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, when they would malfunction, they like ah and like flail around yeah. and twitch and all that, and then they'd be like, "I'm fine." And they spark. And you're like, "I'm yeah. good. I'm good. I figured it out. I'm fine." Which is a great visual gag. Yeah, it's very funny. And then. I like um, a cute thing that Katie and her brother, what's her brother's name? Oh, yeah. Aaron. Aaron. Katie and Aaron have like a little, you know, classic handshake kind of a deal mm. called a raptor bump, I think. Oh, it's so cute. Yeah. Where they do like, and they like make a little hiss sound and they bump uh-huh. their like peace sign right. together. It's really cute. Mm-hmm. And it's always like animated with like little raptors. Yeah, like, oh, they do a the little cute. raptor bump. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Aaron, he yeah. uh he meets the neighbor, the neighbor <laughs> so girl who also loves dinosaurs, and she's like, "Oh, I love dinosaurs. That's awesome that you do." And he's like, he like at first is very sweet to her, but then you can tell the anxiety, and he just like doesn't know how to talk to a girl, so he yeah. always ends up being like, "Never mind, I hate you. See you never." It just runs runs off. away, runs away. Always a good time. Hilarious. Yikes. And I guess the other thing I'd like to say here is just because I was recently like on a Delta flight and the the video that they do is 100% a parody of like the, if you've ever flown Delta recently, yeah, they do like the, instead of having the flight crew tell you the yeah. stuff, they have a video. And this video that they do in this film is 100% a parody of that. Where it's like got the dramatic angles and the person talking directly at you like, oh, mm-hmm. in case of emergency, you should do this. But instead, it's the AI <laughs> telling all of humanity that like they will be flown and flung into space. And like <laughs> and you'll die, but there's but the, we have free Wi-Fi. Yeah. I'm like, oh, well, that's good. Go. <laughs> yep. That's the one upside. Just other fantastic, very funny things happen. There's too many to count, too many to bring up here. Mm-hmm. But uh, after that bit of levity, a little bit of some fun times, I think it's time to get back into the sads. <laughs> All right. It's a fun I feel time. Like, I feel like I'm, you know, we're we're at the, the sad pool. 
Mm-hmm. And we jumped in and we just started drying off. And you're like, yeah, let's get back in the water again. And, you know, so we got a little time left, you know. I'm almost dry and now we're <laughs> going to get wet again in the sun, sad sun, pool. The sun's still up. We got a couple hours before the sadness, you know, sad part closes. We got to get back in there. <laughs> God. So okay. early on in their trip, when the machines are taking over, Katie lies to her father and says oh. that she says that she needs him and that like he's the only one who can help her obviously very much knowing how to manipulate her father because from the father's perspective rick he's like this is what we used to have you know <laughs> like i i used to be her hero and she needs me and that's all i want is for my daughter to need me so obviously he agrees mm-hmm. and then really shitty of uh katie because aaron goes up to her and he's like oh that's awesome that you you feel this way and it's great to see you and dad like this and she's like oh i lied to him i just told him what he wanted to hear and aaron is immediately like oh well, that's really shitty yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny that aaron little boy is so like connected with like his emotions and like understanding like because he later on questions why she had to manipulate him and like why did you have to say all these things and why do you have to do all this like why can't you just be nice Mm -hmm. so that's sort of like the jumping off point of this whole adventure and they're getting along and things are going well until near the end Mm -hmm. when uh the head ai pal yeah she shows the mitchell's that she knows all about them because she's connected to all the internets, the interwebs, and she pulls up the security camera video that yeah. for some reason could also record audio. Not a lot of them do, but this one did. And it zooms in and shows Rick that Katie lied to him and she doesn't actually believe in him. And she tries to, you know, walk it back and all that. But this leads to like the family getting captured, except for the kids this is when Aaron like breaks down and he's like, what do you have to say all that stuff? And he's just, you know, he thinks painful. Everything's over. And uh, yeah, it's a fucking tough one. Yeah. Because at this moment, looking back at all the road trip videos she's been taking, they rewind and she realizes she's been taping over like a bunch of home videos that they had, Mm -hmm. like Rick and uh, Linda had been making and they go all the way back to a uh, very particular moment where we finally find out because there's been like this little wooden moose mm-hmm. that like Rick and Katie have sort of been going back and forth on. And you you know, it's you know, it's important, but you're not exactly sure why. Yeah. So Katie is their firstborn kid. Mm-hmm. And um, she always knew that her dad like loved you know the wilderness and everything like that but what she didn't know is when she was first born they actually did live in the woods which is all her dad had ever really wanted to do she he made a cabin Mm -hmm. by hand for them to live in but it just Mm -hmm. wasn't sustainable yeah so they ended up selling the house selling the cabin Mm-hmm. And moving, you know, into the city so that way everybody could, like, you know, so they could be supportive parents and, you know, 
but they they have video of Rick like saying goodbye to the the cabin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but before he leaves, he like breaks off a little. Um, it's like a post mm-hmm. where he had hand carved a little wooden moose, mm-hmm. and he like breaks that off, and that's like the only thing that he takes with that. And um, he, Linda's recording, and then he like puts his head in the window to like say hi to Katie as she's like a baby, mm-hmm. and she's. Uh, Linda says, I know this can't be easy for you. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, it's easy. Mm-hmm. And he looks at Katie and it's just like, oh! <laughs> oh, I understand now. Like that moose is like a, it's like a symbol of him mm-hmm. and his important, like it's his passions. But, oh God, it's just so sad. <laughs> Yeah, because uh, early on we had seen this moose as a uh, when little Katie was going off to like a camp and she was crying, and of course her father's the one who can calm her down and make her feel better. And he gives her this moose, and she's like, "But this is your favorite thing." He's like, "No, but it's going to keep you safe, you know, and all that stuff." So there's obviously significance there that he he gave up his like one most important thing mm-hmm. to his daughter, which he already did <laughs> in taking that moose. He gave up. It's like the classic case of like as a parent, which, you know, whether you put that much pressure on it or not, but sometimes you maybe have to give up something that you love in order to support your kids Mm -hmm. and in order to support their dreams. You know, he gave up his dream home to give Katie a better life, to give her the life that she deserved. Mm -hmm. And it's all about like the parental sacrifice yeah and i think this moment is fantastic because it uh it shows katie and it shows you know i mean everyone who's alive now was once a kid who had parental figures you know if you didn't have a parent quote unquote you know you had parental figures and all that stuff you know all of us we were once young and it sort of shows Mm -hmm. us that like you know the sacrifice that people make for us Mm -hmm. that we very much Many times, I think not a lot of people don't even realize what's been no. given up for the things that you know our parents have sacrificed for us and that we take for granted. Mm-hmm. And that she instantly feels selfish because she's like, Well, look what I essentially made my father give up. Yeah. And then I act like he's never done anything for me, mm-hmm. you know? So she instantly is like, <sighs> I messed up bad. Mm-hmm. But it all works out. Okay, I was going to jump, <laughs> gonna jump no, on by that, huh? No, I just don't, I don't know. It, it, I don't know if they ever truly end up fully understanding each other. But they by have the an end understanding. Of the movie, but they do have an understanding. <laughs> you don't think he's more supportive? No, I think he is. He, he got a YouTube channel, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so. he follows her. He sent her a friend request, and why didn't she accept it? It was a letter in the mail. It was not a notification (laughs) on YouTube. He physically sent her a letter that says, will you be my friend? And she was like, I thought this was from some weirdo. (laughs) (laughs) Who sends that? It's so creepy. Like you said, it works out. They bond over the song. They sing their Maya He, Maya Mm -hmm. And it plays, and they destroy the robots, and they get the kill code. 
into Pal and everything works out and she Hooray. gets to go off to, you know, college. At the end, he sees the moose in her backpack and mm-hmm. he like pushes it in further to like solidify like mm-hmm. you know, they 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 they're coming together and she still needs her father in her yeah. life. And he is working to make it better and they're mm-hmm. both just working to understand each other. Yeah. And they go on another road trip together. This time willfully to like go get congressional medals because they yeah because the they saved the whole entire world so yeah. yeah I think they could at least you know get right. that so yeah. I think I think the last thing I want to say here before we can transition to the last section is just mm-hmm. ultimately all it is is that Katie just wants support she wants to know that yeah her father supports her no matter what and even if he doesn't understand that he'll try. Mm-hmm. that's ultimately the most important thing let's just try let's try mm-hmm. try to support even if you don't understand it you can get it eventually if you just try mm-hmm. and same thing with her she should try and understand her father more yeah wah, wah. <laughs> okay sorry <laughs> it's a sad episode for me okay i'm having a hard time uh another fun thing that this movie does very subtly, but I mean, it's noteworthy. I think is yeah. That, I could um, I could speak on that real quick, just because yeah, I did say it on Wikipedia is um because what you're about to say is that, and you've mentioned it already, is that Katie is um a lesbian. She's mm-hmm. at least queer. You know, she's yeah. we don't understand the full breadth of her identity. You know, mm-hmm. Identity, but at the end and early on, it shows that she's interested in a girl. And at the end, she's, like, dating this girl. hmm And it's not made a focal point of the film. No. And it's not the reason that her and Rick don't get along. No. This is not a problem. You no. know, you fully get the understanding that Rick is fine with her oh, yeah. loving who she loves. That's mm-hmm. not the problem. <laughs> it's the technology that's the problem. It's like, Jesus Christ, I can barely... Oh, he does that classic thing that old people do with when they go into the search bar they uh-huh. type www <laughs> dot and he types out dot he doesn't put the period he puts a dot but anyways the um the writers the creators purposefully did that because of two things for one they didn't want to make a big deal about her being attracted to women because it's not a big deal to begin with it's a perfectly natural thing. It shouldn't be a big deal at all. And number two, they purposefully didn't want that to be the problem between Rick and Katie because no. that's not a problem, you know, because yeah. so many things deal with that as the focal point, as the problem. And they wanted to show that Rick is perfectly fine with her the way that she is. Mm-hmm. She just likes technology a little bit more than he does, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So just to get that in, like the spinoff is she starts dating an AI. Oh no! No, now that he would have a problem with. Anyway, it is nice and like Eddie said, it is pretty subtle. But Katie is queer, so we've got a fun little like, you know, it's alluded to. She has a pride pin on her backpack. Mm -hmm. She's interested in meeting this girl Jade. At the end of the movie, her mom's like, are you going to bring Jade over for Christmas this year or Thanksgiving or whatever the holiday was? Um, 
So it's it's just nice that that's just like a non-issue. Mm-hmm. It's just who Katie is, and she really loves school and is super happy and excited. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the fact that they she chooses to go on a road trip with her family mm-hmm. um, is pretty telling that everybody has made enough progress in the right direction to be willing to sign up for that because Jesus. Ooh. And especially during Pride Month. Happy Pride! And you know, not to get political, even okay. though it's not. But uh, I think it's very important for us to see these characters, see people who are queer, all the spectrum of the LGBTQIA+. Mm-hmm. See these characters in media and for it to not be a big deal. Yeah. Because it's not. You are who you no. are. And, uh, you know, like we've said many times, even though it's hard to do, I don't know, mm-hmm. if your family's not accepting, you can find your yeah. chosen family. And obviously it fucking sucks. And that's oh, yeah. kind of where I speak to those parents who don't deserve your time, mm-hmm. who don't deserve you to be in their life. And then they can wonder, oh, why didn't my son or daughter or whoever come back? Well, because you said that they were a demon and the lifestyle mm-hmm. they chose is demonic. Happy and, Pride uh, Month. You mean demon? <laughs> demon time. Demon. So fucking hard. I love it. I know. It's like they purposefully. Uh, they didn't like, why'd you know. make this badass? This is amazing now. You're not doing the thing that you expected to do. No. You're, you are fanning the flames. Yeah. So, you know, once again, happy Pride. Mm-hmm. And. A happy Father's Day. Oh! <laughs> we'll say it again, but happy Father's Day, especially to all those fathers like Rick, who are accepting of their children's gender and sexual identity, no matter what they are. And to all the dads like Rick, who are trying their best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what we ask. We just want you to try. All right, well... If we're talking about that relationship, let's get to our relationship with Mm -hmm. this one. The DTR. I'll start us off just by, you know, I don't know. I don't want to keep it short and sweet and just say, I do love this movie. I love the humor in it. Obviously, Mm -hmm. we talked about the more serious topic here. But if you go watch it, it's on Netflix right now. It's incredibly funny. Oh, yeah. It's it goes quick because it's just so fast paced. You'll have a fun time watching it. Um, It deals with this complex issue very well. Yes, it does. It ultimately just shows the lesson that I just said. Just try. Do your best. try. You don't have to fully understand your father, and your father doesn't have to fully understand you. But as long as you both make an attempt to understand each other, your relationship will probably be better. And uh, it speaks to parents, fathers, Men having to open up more and be more open, which is a big thing that I'm all about. Is uh, mm-hmm. I mean, how many times do I cry on this? I love and, it. I love you crying. Not you know, all the time, obviously, but <laughs> no, I understand. But I think it's important. You know, I kind of, uh, I don't know. A- as a kid, I didn't like that I was this way because I just felt like, why am I so emotional? Why am I as a boy so emotional? Why can't mm-hmm. I like? Why can't I just do these things without getting upset or crying? But now I just realize like that's just because I have to let it out. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's fine and it's good and I like it and it feels good and it feels nice. And I think more men should do it 
and especially more fathers <laughs> should cry and show mm-hmm. their uh sons or you know everyone in their family that it's okay so uh i think it's fantastic rick does a great job and uh he's a great father who's just trying and with my relationship with this you know i don't know if i necessarily need this movie in my life but i do love it so it's kind of like i I don't know you know it's like a great friend Mm -hmm. great bud that i'll see time and time again and uh i want to enjoy hanging out with every time and, and having a good cry oh yeah all the tears Mm -hmm. this movie is hard for me it's Mm -hmm. got a lot of emotional triggers but it is a good reminder of like all the work that me and my dad still need to do Mm -hmm. um so in that sense i think i should be dependent on it um because it does it provides a lot of like it's like a mirror kind of getting shoved back in your face of like, hey, sure. this is not a unique problem. Hmm. It can be fixed. Obviously, this is a work of fiction. So there's a lot of wish fulfillment happening and a lot of instantaneous, <laughs> you know, payoff. Yeah. But it it definitely attests to that change can happen, but you have to work at it. So, um, yeah, I, I think this is a really important movie, especially for those of us out there with daddy issues. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's definitely helpful and yeah, it's a really sweet story about a family acknowledging their weaknesses, but trying their best to turn them into their strengths. So Mm -hmm. it's really nice. And if you want to cry, just go look up that clip of Rick watching the family home videos. And uh, it's hard every time. And you will end up sobbing like I did. So, yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. If you're feeling like you need to cry this Pride Month, boy, do I have the movie for you. Or Or after this Father's Day. Yeah. Or after, you know, any of it. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I guess I do really quick want to acknowledge. Mm-hmm. I don't know that sometimes all these holidays can be hard for some people. You know, yeah. if you don't have the father figure, you don't have, you know, the acceptance that you uh, should have. Mm-hmm. But hopefully you can find it somewhere, find a mm-hmm. father figure and someone in your life and find your chosen family. You know, the nice thing about life is that there are opportunities and there are people out there who will love you for who you are. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it just unfortunately takes more work than it should. Yes. But, you know, there's someone out there for everyone. Mm-hmm. So with Yay. that all being said, hey, thank you so much for listening. Mm-hmm. We hope you enjoyed a little bit of what you heard here. I know it was a bit of was another sad one. We like but being sad. It's important to talk it out, right? Yes. It is. Another sad one from a very fun movie, but if you enjoyed a bit of it, give us a follow, download, spread the word. You know, tell your family, whether by birth, whether chosen, anyone you love, that they can find the Show Dependent Podcast on Apple Pods, Spotify, Google Pods, wherever you listen to podcasts, we should be there. Mm -hmm. You can follow the podcast, Twitter, Instagram, 
TikTok. We're slowly but surely doing a little bit more there. You can find us at Show Dependent Pod. That is at SHO Dependent Pod. If you want to give me a follow, it's at Victor V. Sweet on Twitter, on Twitch. Slowly, maybe going to start streaming on other platforms, maybe upload to YouTube. We'll see what happens. We'll see. Kayla, where can you be found? Find me lying on the couch, disassociating <laughs> and looking at the ceiling. You can also find me wow. on Twitter at DJ Vivich. Oh, I gotcha. I'm sorry. Oh, God. Very fun. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Well, you know, we go from Father's Day, <laughs> a little belated Father's Day, to uh, releasing another episode that's... In honor of our founding fathers in this here United <laughs> States. Uh-huh. Just kidding. Just kidding. We are, you know... We are not patriots on this. But uh, one thing that does, or maybe one of the last few times that we felt patriotic, mm-hmm. was... Uh, because of a little song here <laughs> and we'll get it we'll get there as to why but i'm sure a lot of you feel the same way there was a band still all around called lincoln park and uh they had a little ditty <laughs> called what i've done <laughs> and man oh man we're gonna talk about this one next oh, time well i promise we'll actually have fun next episode next one will be a hundred percent fun zero yeah. sads yeah and uh we're gonna talk about Cars that transform into robots. Hooray! We're going to talk about just so much more. Can't wait. What I've done next episode. Save that date. And until we see you next. Don't let the world make you normal while I'm gone, all right? <laughs>